welcome to the latest episode of Your Turn to Choose. I'm one of your hosts, Gabriel, and sat opposite me is my lovely co-host, Sophie. Thank you. Hello, everyone. Shall I talk about what we do? Mm-hmm. What we do here on what this do we, show? What do we do here on this show? Your Turn to Choose is all about, we take it in turns to pick a film, and then we talk about it afterwards. It could be any film. Pretty simple concept. And this week, it is my turn to choose, mm-hmm. and I've chosen 1999's The Matrix. I need to stop calling it that. It's just The it Matrix. It really threw me off. It's it, The it's Matrix, just, mate. It's just unnecessarily confusing. It's just The Matrix. I guess maybe you're trying to say that it's the first one. There's quite a few. Yeah, there's quite a few. There was a trilogy of the original ones, and then there was a recent one called Matrix Resurrections, which I've never seen. Maybe we're going to have to get through all of them at some point. If you really want your choices for four four times to be (laughs) Matrix. I'll be seeing seeing Into the Matrix at that point. I mean, we'll just become a Matrix podcast at that point. Mm. Does one of those exist? I bet it does. Oh, yeah, absolutely. There's a podcast for everything now. There's a podcast where they go through every episode of The Office one by one. We need to watch it before we listen to that podcast. (laughs) Yeah, we do. Do you want me to read you a synopsis? Yeah, let's go for it. I'm sure you already know, but for Mm -hmm. me, who's never seen it before, it's all new. You ready? Neo, a computer programmer and hacker, has always questioned the reality of the world around him. His suspicions are confirmed when Morpheus, a rebel leader, contacts him and reveals the truth to him. It's just so current, isn't it? I mean... So current. What is life? What is the world? I mean, was that pretty revolutionary thought 24 years ago? I think it was. I think it was. I mean, we can talk about more of this once you watch the film in the main part of the podcast but it was very influenced by a lot of different philosophers Uh, but it was the first film that really publicized the idea that we might be living in a simulation really had a curve there yeah i mean i have covid at the moment so i kind of feel like i'm living in a simulation but you didn't tell him to drop that in, did you? Get the sympathy going. I just wanted to explain my slightly sexy, gravelly voice this week. <laughs> He's also sad because it was his birthday yesterday. So I think my treat me? needs to be us watching The Matrix. Yeah, I'm, I'm up for it. I'm excited. <laughs> it's like one of those films where it's like, you need to watch it. Everyone should watch it. It's meant to be really good, like critically good. It's like a bit of a cult film. But you don't always get round to it. Mm. You know? It's like a Friday, Saturday night, I want to watch something chill. I might not necessarily have two hours where I'm like, oh, today's the day I watch The Matrix. Mm-hmm. But I guess it is this Saturday night. This is the Saturday night, yeah. And I mean, I, I haven't seen it for a long time. The The second one, Matrix Reloaded, was a massive film for me as a kid. I just absolutely loved it. As a kid? Yeah, I had the DVD when I was about 10. That seems like a weird thing for a 10 year old. I think you're no, it, no, well, it totally was. It was, Ten. yeah, it was a huge action hit. It'd been a bit hard to understand. Not really, because that's the thing. The first one's quite complex and brings up a load of interesting ideas. Second one, just a load of people beating each other up with cool effects. Well, let's have this as the first and last matrix. <laughs> okay, we may never get to reloaded. Unless I love it, and then I'm like, yeah, show me all the shooty mm-hmm. shooty, fighty fighty. You love Keanu, so. Keanu Reeves! I think you'll be wanting more and more. I'm just going to talk about Point Break instead, aren't I? Can we talk about Point Break? I'll, I'll give him his due in The Matrix. The film that really boosted him super into the public eye and made him a proper action star, I feel like. So. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, be interesting to see how it holds up. What you mean, like, after the 23 years, mm-hmm. years have passed? Yeah, long time. Like he so. looks young in it. I'll tell you that. Little baby face. Mm-hmm. How old is he? Good question. I mean, he's he's in his fifties now, isn't he? So probably. He's not really 30s. aged though. 
Yeah. Before this turns into a Keanu fan podcast, I don't think he's really aged that much. No, until he shaves his beard, and then you can tell mm. the ravages of time have got to him a bit. But he's still a very nice Maybe he chat. should go back into the simulation. Yes, exactly. Come back out, fresh-faced. Is that how it works? <laughs> well, you'll find out. Should we go and watch the film? Yeah, right then. Great. Let's go. Okay. We'll see you on the other side. If you haven't got around to watching The Matrix yet, like Sophie, after the break, we're going to be talking full spoilers for The Matrix. So why don't you go and watch it first, like us, and then you can come back and hear us talking about it. Let's go and enjoy. Mm-hmm. Bye. Bye-bye. Okay, we're back. We've watched The Matrix. We've suffered through quite a lot of Morpheus's pontificating. Oh my god, so much. And riddling as well, so much riddling. All um, he does is talking riddles. We've watched The Matrix. What did you think? Oh, it's so difficult to come up with something like to say. Like, what did I think? I don't know what I think. I think we need to talk about it to understand what I think. Mm. Because, like, some of it, I'm not going to lie, I wasn't enjoying that much. And I, I really thought I would really enjoy it. And I was kind of sad about that. Mm. Um, I think by the end, I would say that I did enjoy the film. But maybe not as much as I thought. It felt like a bit of a film of two halves to me, maybe. It was quite, quite a long lead-in wasn't it? Like, mm. And I was like, this is not the film I thought I was watching. No, and it's quite shocking, really, some of it. And quite... Some of it veers a lot more into kind of horror-y territory than I remembered. A lot of quite creepy moments, particularly towards the start. And mm. the revelation of what the real world is like as well is pretty horrifying. And I, I think, interestingly, at the time, a lot of that stuff wasn't in the trailers. Like, you basically just saw all the cool stuff. Like yeah. Like, the bullet time and the action. That's what I thought The Matrix was. Yeah. So it took a long time to get to that. And I was kind of like, it was actually just quite depressing. Yeah, there's a lot more of that than I actually remembered from watching the first time. It was a lot more of, like, a proper sci-fi than I expected or remembered, I think. Yeah, I didn't expect it to be super sci-fi-y. Hmm. And I do normally really like a sci-fi. Maybe it's just that I didn't expect that. Like, I did like it. I think it, it just wasn't necessarily what I expected. And, like, the first half or whatever, leading into the bit that is what I actually thought The Matrix was, some of it was just a bit, like, unpleasant. Yeah, let's talk about some of those kind of creepy moments because often in sci-fi now, I don't know whether it's kind of been toned down or is a bit more mild, but you don't tend to get those kind of super body horror creepy things so much in sci-fi particularly anymore. Sci-fi and horror seem to be much more like defined genres now, whereas I feel like Mm. in the 90s and before, you could just suddenly be like surprised by kind of quite intense moments like that and i kind of respect that though i respect that like two genres put together you don't know what you're gonna get and it is like you say more shocking and like i think that's good i just didn't like the bug and the belly button i didn't (laughs) like that it's it's it stressed me out. It's not a very nice moment, is it? And his mouth gets all gummed up as well. That bit freaks me out too. Yeah, I mean, that bit was kind of creepy but, like, amusing. But, like, I really, really didn't like the belly button thing. Mm. I'm sorry, I didn't like that. It's a very memorable image. I mean, it's one that's really stuck in my mind from the film, for sure. Having from watched like it a long years time ago. Oh, yeah, big time. Big yeah, time. well, I didn't like that. I I'm fully just, remember like, that scene. I just didn't like that. And, like, you know I'm a massive fan of Alien icky alien coming out but that's kind of like funny and like shocking and scary and like <laughs> but like the bug in the bird but i just didn't like that i was like this is not what i signed up for yeah it's kind i signed of... up for like 
the leather, the cool silly sunglasses, and like strutting around with guns. I just didn't like that. I'm sorry. Mm. I said that when we watched it, and now I'm just repeating it again. You're probably sick of it, but I didn't like that. No, and I kind of agree. And and watching it again now, it was obviously quite a you know unexpected moment. But I don't think it fitted particularly well in the film. I don't. It was almost like you say thrown in there to shock. The film would have been exactly the same without it. Um, oh yeah, it didn't really I can't need even it. What it was, point that was. well, it was, was just it, track it was basically so the agents could like track him. But I mean, in the it came out immediately. Trinity got rid of it with a little sucky machine. He didn't. Yeah, it was kind of. And Take how did they even it. do that? Did they create a program for a sucky machine and then they dropped it in there? And <laughs> she was like, "Get the sucky machine out." Well, Could I think we they a program for this. I think they dealt with them before, maybe, so they knew what to do with it. But yeah, like I say, it all felt a bit superfluous, particularly as it was taken out of his belly button straight away, <laughs> oh, pretty much like in the next scene. So. Yeah, we like could have we could have done without that. I mean, it probably doesn't deserve us giving much time to talk about because it was quite early on, and I was really open minded and looking forward to the film, and I was just like, I don't like that. Like, it didn't set it off on the best foot for me, to be honest. No, some of the moments when he was being burst out of his tank were quite kind of. Oh, I didn't like that either. Not gory, but just I don't know, just kind of just creepy and it was unsettling bit, yeah unsettling i think that was that's the word i'm looking for unsettling and it the whole tone of the film was more unsettling than i remembered i think mm. maybe that's something to do with me having covid but i felt quite unsettled you're just all worried <laughs> yeah. let's talk about the film as a whole do you think it was an interesting representation of you know the idea of simulation theory and the idea that we might all be living in tanks somewhere and having the real world projected in front of our eyes i mean i think it i mean yeah like that's what was happening right so yeah it was a fair representation that it it could be i don't really think that is the case i think we are living in a real world but like it's good to think that maybe we are in a simulation people say about like there being lots of alternate realities and alternate stuff like that is that kind of Does that play into this, or is that an alternate theory? Not really, because you just have the real world, which has been destroyed, and the Matrix, which is the simulation that the robots make us see. It's Well, in that case, then, it's just oddly specific, though, isn't it? And, like, kind of unrealistic, because I'm sure the world probably will end in, like, an awful way, and maybe the robots will take over, but I'm not sure that they're going to keep us in little tanks and, like give us a happy little projection of a imperfect world to keep us happy so they can, like, suck our, use our energy. Farm our energy. Yeah, I mean... Like it's very specific, isn't it? It is very specific, yeah. I mean, it's one representation of that theory, I suppose. It's a theory that I feel like has come up a lot more in public, in you know, in the public culture recently because people like Elon Musk kind of believe in it and... Is it because he People... likes the Matrix and he's a massive nerd? Exactly. And he wants yeah. to like wear leather and have lots of guns <laughs> and think he's badass. Yeah, exactly right. Because like I'm I not mean... sure that that makes it a realistic theory just because Elon has this sort of. No, but I think I think it's something that people are thinking a lot more about now because of AI and. Mm because of how advanced things could progress to. Like, if you extrapolate from where we are now, it's not outside the realm of possibilities that there could be, you know, that we could create a real simulation. And when we're looking at stuff like VR and things Mm. now, in a 100 years, can you create a whole fake reality that you can just live in? Probably. That's probably coming down the line. 
Yeah, well, interesting then, because like, would you want to? Because the way you're talking about it, it sounds like you would want to. Yeah, probs would, to be honest. Like, the bad guy, Cypher, like, I don't blame him for wanting to go back there. I know he was a bad guy, I know he was awful, but like, actually, you know, if I was dragged out and living in that, I'd be like, no, thank you, put me back in. I'd probably do some bad stuff to go back in. <laughs> I mean, well, I don't think I would is, be the bad guy. This I'd, is what I wanted to talk about. I'm a very good person, so I don't think I would, but, like, I would 100% see the, the moral quandary that he was in of, like, actually, I'd be quite happy in there, you know, if we could do that in the future. And then it's like, why would we do that? Probably would, it'd be nice. But then there was the whole thing where the, the, the thing went, the robot man went into saying about, like, oh, we created a perfect world and you guys didn't like it. Yeah, exactly. And I think both of those, you've picked up on the two conversations that I wanted to talk about. Oh, look at that. Because they... That sounds like we planned this and we actually didn't. No. Yeah, perfectly, Entirely perfectly in sync. Yeah. I mean, we won't talk about my notes because what I wrote was, loved the leather style dash iconic. <laughs> I also wrote, loved Keanu. And that's about all I wrote. That's about it. So let's it. go to your point. Let's, let's go. No, I did write more. I did write let's more. Let's talk about this. Yours so is we more had. Um, you had two conversations to talk about. The ones yeah, I just so mentioned. the two conversations. So we have Cypher and we yes. have Agent Smith both talking about whether you would submit yourself to the simulation because it was like a perfect world, right? So this is. This basically ties into an interesting thought experiment that was created by a guy called Robert Nozick. Mm-hmm. Called the experience machine or mm. the pleasure machine. Ooh. Oh yeah. Which basically talks about the fact that you know you go to a scientist. The scientist gives you the option of getting in a flotation tank. The flotation tank can be programmed so that you can live your perfect life and anything you want. Oh, okay. You can do whatever you want. You can live until you're a hundred and just have the perfect life that you've imagined. Right. But you'd know that you were getting in the tank because the scientist is giving you the option. Yeah. So you can get in, but then once you get in, you wouldn't remember. You just live your perfect life and whatever. He, th- he worked through his thoughts experiment a lot and thought about it a lot. And loads of people basically came to the conclusion that you wouldn't ever get in the tank because real life, with all its ups and downs and difficulties mm-hmm. and emotions is much better in every situation than your perfectly programmed life without any problems. Yeah. But then you're saying that you might get in the tank. No, because when I was talking about Cypher getting in the tank, that was to go back to the world that they'd created that wasn't perfect. No, but he, he struck a deal with Agent Smith... To but, have his perfect life. When well, they're having dinner... Well, I don't dinner, think it was he, perfect life. He just yeah, said he wanted to be a film star. It didn't mean perfect he life. He said he wanted to be, like, a billionaire and not have any problems. Yeah, but he, he could still probably have problems because, like... I know that, like... Like, it was a simulation, whatever. I assumed that they were giving him his perfect life, but still within the, the bounds of the, like, still some stuff goes wrong because it's real, inverted commas. Mm. I, I didn't think it would be, like, he literally faced... No bad things ever, ever, ever. No bad things ever happened in his world ever, ever, ever. Okay, well maybe he. That's how I took it. Maybe, maybe he may he he would still face bad things, but his life would be a lot better than yes. it would be anyway, and yeah, it's a yeah, lot yeah. better now. You know, like some people in the world do have loads of money and they get what they want, and like bad things still happen, but they're still like living the more perfect life than someone that's like really, really, really struggling in life. Mm. But like it's still in the bounds of like an imperfect world. That's how I took it. But I you don't know. think you would go in the tank because that's what they say. Like 
if you only ever have good, good, good things, how good are they? Because you don't have the bad to compare it to. It's like your scale is so small. Mm. And also it's just like reality, isn't it? It's like, it is, is living a fake life ever better than living a real one? Yeah, but the point is that you wouldn't know. No, you wouldn't know, but it's... So like you can't while, have that feeling when you're having a great time. Yeah, but it's while you have the choice. Yeah. You know, you can choose either way. Once you've gone through the tank and you forget, you don't know that you've made that choice. Reality is always better. It's n- if you're out, if you're out the tank, you don't know that, so it's actually fine. You're blissfully unaware. Ignorance can be bliss. Ignorance can and be that's bliss. That's what Cycle was saying. And that's what that's what he says, isn't it? That's his little catchphrase. Yeah. I mean, I feel like this this film probably turned a whole generation of nerds onto like philosophy degrees, didn't it? Um, I don't think it was turning me onto a philosophy degree though. It was the spoon thing. Then I was just like. I don't think debating philosophy in a philosophy degree would be for me. There was also another simulation done in 1968 called The Brain in the Vat. And the only reason I want to bring it up, because it is quite similar to the experience machine. But they made up something called the Braino machine, which I thought was quite fun. The what? The Braino machine. Braino? Yeah. Braino. It's called, they called it the Braino machine. Braino. Yeah. I don't like this. <laughs> I like my real world. Hallucinations. Real world is good for me. I like the like interesting <clears throat> like theory and thought of it, and I I did like the concept of it. Like it was very clever. I don't know. I'm I'm, I'm very torn about it because like oh that's really clever, but then it got to the point where they were like going through the hotel and he's decked out in his leather with the lady decked out in a leather. They've got their glasses on and they're just loads of guns and it's all just shooty shooty I'm nerdy man this is my dream mm-hmm. shooty shooty I'm so badass look at me then it was just a bit basic and it's like you've had this really clever stuff these really interesting thoughts what's the world what's the simulation what are you gonna do riddle me this and then it's like bang bang shooty shooty cool man did you not think the two sides of the film gelled that well I don't know I think maybe they did I think maybe I was just surprised by it it felt like the bang bang shooty shooty was not for me as an audience. Like I don't think I was <laughs> aimed not? at me. Well, it doesn't have to be aimed at you, but you can still enjoy action scenes. Yeah, I know, but it just felt a bit like. And also, Trinity was a badass, so it's not just the guys having fun. Yeah, she was a badass, but she had the oracle that said she was going to fall in love with him, and this magic kiss that brought him back to life that made no sense. She was a tool for that, like. Yeah, but so was. So was Kianano, wasn't he? Kianano. Kianano. Yeah, I guess so. I don't know. I I thought it was really cool. It was just like kind of odd after the like this is so intelligent testing your brain to just be like bang bang shoot shoot. I don't know. I'm being a bit negative, aren't I? I did like it. I'm being a bit negative. I'm I sorry. I think it, I think that is negative because like then oh. what did you enjoy? I mean, so the. Yeah, I thought the action scenes were probably the highlight of the film. I don't know, just because they're, they're so iconic, they're so kind of they were so new and revolutionary at the time. And some of those scenes are just like they still look as good now as they did then. Yeah, I agree with all that. You know, they're so kind of yeah. like the bullet time thing is so iconic. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I'm being negative about that. I did think the action scenes were fab. I thought they looked cool to say it's from nineteen ninety nine. I guess they were very original for their time. Until they were parodied in Shrek with um, Trinity's little jump and kick. Oh yes, yes. Princess Fiona. That was great. And I love that you <laughs> said that at the time. And I was just like, oh my God. Yeah, I did think all that was really cool. I think the only thing is it just kind of was like, this is just like very male fantasy, very like male nerd 
lives in his basement fantasy that he's a cool guy and he gets this hot girl that I don't know that bit was just a bit much for me mm. but like if I separate that out then I thought all those scenes were fab and I thought it was really clever how they could just like put a program in to learn how to fly a helicopter love that and it was a really cool idea all of that was really good and maybe I'm only thinking this like negative thing about the male fantasies because like you'd set it up got me thinking about the incel connection which we don't have to talk about <laughs> But no, like, we should talk about it. You we mentioned that, it. like, in the preamble, and I didn't really think about that. And because you'd had that in the preamble, it was in my mind, and it just really screamed of, nerdy hacker, has no friends, boring life, becomes cool guy with shooty guns and sexy woman. But the fight scenes were super cool. Um, and you said that the second film has more of that too. Like, love that. It's clearly, like, a thing that's very Matrixy, and it's stuck through, like, like you say, pop culture, film culture, all the way to Trek. Well, the the second film, the plot is less good. I think it's a bit longer, but the action scenes are just incredible. Phenomenal. Uh-huh. So good. And, you know, as a 10 to 12 year old, however old I was, the plot isn't as important, you know? You don't really know what's going on. You're just focusing on the cool stuff that's going on. It was a really cool story. Like, there's a scene where I'll probably show you this on YouTube because you might not want to watch the second one. Keanu fights, like, 500 Agent Smiths at once. Oh, how terrible. What else do you need? Yeah. <laughs> so that was really cool. I think we should... Let, let's talk about the Inception links. Oh, first. yeah, that was my thought, though. Yes. That was my clever thought. It had a bit of a feel of Inception. Yeah. I feel like maybe Inception did a better job at gelling those cool action scenes with the more thinky highbrow um philosophical yeah, moments you're really right actually because like i think inception was especially at its time maybe it's maybe it's just a moment of the time thing though like inception was really cool at the time it might not be so cool if we looked at it now mm. and like the matrix could have been really cool at the time with that blending of stuff so like maybe it is just like of its era um but i say yeah inception i was obsessed with that when it came out i loved it so i very quickly did say like this is quite inceptiony what was it i think there was a few things people like rushing around like resistancy like rebel people i don't know i haven't seen inception in a long time mm-hmm. to go through into like an alternative layer world mm. wasn't it mm. and they had to go in there as a group and they had funny contraption machines yeah as well. they're plugged into machines yeah, yeah yeah plugged in and mm-hmm. then they were like dead to the world weren't they in the mm. real world and then they had to be brought out of it they have to find a way out they had yeah. to find a way out yeah. and like there was i don't know how they always did it one time they were like tipped into a bathtub or something weren't they mm. they were like shocked out of it mm. in a certain way and in this they had to like go to a certain place to like answer the phone to come mm. out in the real world and it was the whole thing similarly the plot thing where they were like i need to come out i can't get out how are we going to get out and like rushing, racing against time to try and get out. So that was one connection. Yeah, and also being stuck in a, or going into a virtual world where you can make the rules and yes. change things. And if you die there, you die in the real world. So like yeah. so similar. I don't know if when no, Reception came out, they talked about this. I'd never drawn that connection and I don't think, I don't remember it being such a clear link in the past. But when you watch it now, you think, oh, yeah, it really does. Yeah. It really does have a lot of similarities. And I think that's where that's what one of The Matrix's main legacies is, is it kind of kicked off this wave of action films that also try to be very clever and very kind of yeah. think about more interesting issues than yeah. just killing people, basically. And I do really like that. Um, of which, you know, 
Christopher Nolan base is basically made a career off of. So I bet he's a Matrix fan. I'm sure. Yeah, because he, he like loves cool cool it, vibes as well. Doesn't he just he? pretended and hoped nobody had noticed. <laughs> I noticed, Chris. You noticed. Can't yeah, get it and also me. also the whole thing of having quite ambitious, groundbreaking action scenes as well, like mm-hmm. Nolan does. So that was cool. But yeah, let's talk otherwise about the more negative legacy of this film, like Aww. we mentioned in the No, but intro. you were actually really starting to warm me up to the film. I was starting <laughs> to think, like, actually, I did really like it. Like, it's so clever. Well, now uh, you're going to bring me down again. No, because I think it is very clever. And I think you, you know, we have to talk about how you can separate the original film from the narrative that's kind of built up since then. Incels co-opting it, seeing themselves in Neo, thinking they're the one, thinking they're special. I know, and that just really annoys me. And then, obviously, right-wing people, people like Donald Trump and his ilk, talking about red pills and wanting to see through the veneer of society and wanting to break free of the mainstream media and see through the lies that people have told you. Mm. All those kind of ideas been projected onto the film and like I said the directors and the makers of the film are not happy about this at all for obvious reasons but do you think watching it you can separate yourself from those kind of ideas I think so like I didn't know about all of that you knew about the red pill stuff yeah but I didn't really know what it meant I'd heard of it. There's like a Reddit for it and stuff, isn't there? Mm. But I didn't actually know what the two pills meant to incels. Yeah. And like now I've seen the film, I don't really... I think you still had to explain to me how they related to it. I think they've extrapolated a bit stupidly. I mean, I definitely think you can separate the two um, watching it. Because like I say, the only thing that made me think about it was just like when he just had his little fantasy of like shooty shooty. Mm. But aside from that, I didn't get that in Sally vibe it was only from you telling me no um but I, I mean i just think it's a real shame for the the film it is and it's sad when other people's art is kind of taken on to mean something else because i think that v for vendetta film which i've never watched but a lot of people love again yeah. that's similarly been taken on by right wingers as a kind of yeah. banner film and you just feel sorry for the people that made it because that yeah. clearly wasn't the intention and it's really interesting with those two directors. I actually need to check this, and I'm sorry if I'm not right, but I think both of the directors were twins, and they're both now transitioned to become women. And I think they see the film as kind of, you know, an opportunity to show change and show how, you know, you can see through the norms of society and become a different person. They mm. see it more in that light yeah, through their experience mm. rather than the more kind of negative right-wing experience yeah i guess there is something about when you put something out into the world it does like it is still yours but you don't have control over what it becomes and all of that and unfortunately i guess in some cases that can be really negative Mm. i guess it's just uh you kind of have to accept that like the art is out there people will see what they want to see in it lame but anyway good film not shame about the sequels because I do like the second one. Third mm-hmm. one's not as great, and I haven't seen the new one, so maybe that's on the list for the future. Yeah, you can put it on the list for the future. Yeah. Uh, any other things you want to talk about? I had a very minor point. Mm. It's about you. Oh, it's gonna get personal. <laughs> I just thought it was funny that the two choices that you've picked for this podcast so far have been very green. They have been super green. <laughs> yeah, that's a very good point. Yeah. What can I say? I mean, green, green isn't one of my favourite colours, but maybe I just like kind of greeny looking films. Maybe you're green with envy. Yeah. 
Yeah, I just thought that was funny. Well, I'll have to choose something with a that. different colour filter next time. Oh, yeah, I mean, we haven't even talked about, like, how ridiculously green it was. Yeah, super green. Like, the filter on it was fab. Yeah. That I mean, was even very Twilight-esque as well, I have yeah. to say. Not to get Twilight into every podcast, but it was. In the final scene in the subway station, when he was being attacked by Agent Smith, he literally looked like he had, like, green stuff on his face, like green paint. It was just Maybe they did that as green. well, to make it extra green. <laughs> yeah, just, like, slap on a bit Maybe of Maybe that was a conscious thing, actually. No, I think, no, seriously, if you, like unpack that maybe as he was getting more and more into the matrix and like submitting to whatever the matrix meant and giving in to like how it had its rules but then he could bend the rules and how he was the one maybe he did become more green like maybe that was a conscious thing I think he did. And I mean, that you know, that final scene in the film when he really has his hero moment and jumps into Agent Smith and bursts him like a chest burster. He, uh, at that point, he's seeing the Matrix as it is. He's, see- he's seeing yeah. just the lines of code. He no longer sees people or areas. He just sees the code. Yeah. And he's the only person that's ever done that because he's really special. Because he's the wine. <laughs> um, Leo, anagram of one. I yes. spotted that as well. Oh, yes. You didn't have there to tell me. I, I just, I just figured that out. My oh. brain was just like ticking through, and it was like this word. Forget the boundaries of the word. Change the letters of the word. It's the matrix. <laughs> yes. Reorder the codes. Maybe I'm the one. Maybe you're the one. Maybe you're Neo Eno, Brian Eno. Maybe you're Brian Eno. <laughs> I don't think I'm Brian Eno. <laughs> Maybe I can be in the Matrix. You can be whatever you want. You can be whatever you want. You can do whatever you want. You can put a little skin over it. You can learn to fly a plane. Yeah. That would be quite fun, wouldn't it? Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe that's actually not fun, though, because, like, some of the fun is in learning. I know, but what I was was, going to ask you that, actually. What would you put in the little um, tape machine to learn? (laughs) So many things. I would like to fly a plane. Mm. I would like to just, like, learn every language in the world. Mm. Be, I find learning languages really tough, so it'd be nice to skip that. I don't know. I maybe Oh, and I guess with that, old programming languages would be handy. Mm. You know, then I could be, like, hacker. Hacker, if, hacker. If I'm Neo, the mm-hmm. one, I need to know how to hack. Yeah. I don't know. It's actually a really tough question because, like, you don't ever really think about that because you don't have that opportunity. Mm. What would you do? I'd probably pick, um, and this was a little Easter egg from the film we spotted, drunk boxing. Oh my god! I don't know what drunk boxing well, is. I but Sounds great. I love so that. That was so fun. Let's do a bit of drunk boxing. Yeah. Let's both <laughs> learn it and then we can just yeah. be like drunk boxing just rather than swaying around, throwing some punches. Ooh, you're talking. <laughs> I don't know why that's drunk. I don't think I sound like that. I love drunk. that. <laughs> uh, we have to do a drunk podcast sometime. Fight me. Why have we not talked about how fabulous Keanu was? He was fabulous. He was fabulous. <laughs> his little sweet eyes. Serious his beautiful, face. pretty eyes, as someone says, Cypher. It's actually true. He yeah. does have really nice eyes. Mm. I thought he was really good. He was great. I'm turning yeah. into a bit of a Keanu Reeves fan. Oh, you are. Yeah. yeah. He's a real sweetheart, isn't he? He is. <laughs> does he do anything that's not John Wick these days? Not much. I think he's just put out a new documentary about Formula One randomly. I like Formula One. Yeah, you could watch him in that if you like. Yeah, that might be nice. Jensen Button's in there as well, and you love Jensen Button. I do like Jensen Button. Yeah. Why is Keanu Reeves talking about Formula One? I don't know. It seems very random, but... Mm. He it's a it's a documentary about Braun and he's presenting it for some reason. Right. So clearly a big fan. Nice. Yeah. I'll watch it. Mm-hmm. One more thing I wanted to mention. Go on. I've only very briefly mentioned all the outfits and the leather vibe. Mm. Did that have a genuine like ripple across fashion at oh, the time? Big time. I mean to be honest, I think 
nerdy men are still wearing full floor length trench coats and little funny sunglasses that's i think so that's tragic. still a look i'm yeah. sorry i think that's tragic i mean it's cool it started a, a massive it, thing but that's a bit much don't you think <laughs> yeah that's like is. on the nose yeah so if you if you uh Go to Comic-Con, I'm sure you'll see loads of guys in, in floor-length leather I? trench coats. I think if they're, if they're nice people, I'm all for that. If they're, like, the awful people we're talking about, mm-hmm. I'm getting bin. But I'm sure at Comic-Con they're all lovely, so... I think fine. we should try them out. I think we should try and be near in Trinity. I, I actually love great. leather clothing. My yeah. leather skirt is one of my most worn things. Mm-hmm. I could get a coat, I could get some trousers, yeah. I could get a little top, mm-hmm. all set. Yeah, then you'd be squeaking down the street. <laughs> <laughs> it'd be very hot as well it'd be very hot <laughs> it's cold right now maybe that's and what sticky yeah well let's wrap up yep. that was great um, that thank was you great. for watching The Matrix with me it was really good really thank, enjoyed it you hope you enjoyed it as much as I did let's do ratings do you mm, want to go first I feel like I always go first I think I always give the same rating as well I feel better having talked about it actually so maybe seven and a half mm. out of ten I feel better having talked about it last night I was kind of just like I'm not sure how I feel right now mm-hmm. I'm going to go for an eight and then I'd probably give Matrix Reloaded a nine just for nostalgia factors. Oh, bless. <laughs> nice. Nice. Well, let's move on to next week. Yeah! It's your turn to choose. Thank Would you like you. to reveal your next choice? Yeah, I will. I will. Are you ready to drum roll? I'm ready to drum roll. I'm always ready. I need ready. a drum roll. Okay, here we go. Oh. 500 Days of Summer. Nice. One of your favourite films of all time. Yeah, I don't know if it is anymore. We'll have to see. I've not seen mm-hmm. it in a very, very, very long time. But it used to be a favourite film. Mm. Which is... I, I feel like some people would say that's problematic, but... No, I don't think it's p- particularly thought of as a problematic film now, is it? No, but I feel like if someone said it was their favourite film, people would take like assumptions from that. Mm, interesting. No? Well, if you're taking any assumptions... Let us know at yourturnstochoose at gmail.com. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I didn't know if I was going to pick it yet or if I was going to pick it later, but I feel like after The Matrix, we need a complete change. Bit of a palate cleanser. Bit of a palate cleanser. I feel like I'm picking big palate cleansers so far. <laughs> you are. You're really, you're really uh, taking it away from the deep philosophical thoughts. I'm sorry. No, it's great. I think we need that. I think yeah. we, otherwise we're just going to sit inside and introspect all day. No, I like that though. I like the variety. Um, you've seen this film before as well. I have. We watched it together quite a long time ago. I've seen it a couple of times, I think, but really enjoy it. Mm-hmm. I think I might have a different perspective on some of the characters these days, but we'll have to wait and see. Wait till you've seen it. You might not. You, I might you not. might go back to your 21-year-old self. I might. We'll have to find out when we watch it. <laughs> yeah. You excited? Oh, look, I'm very excited. Looking forward to that. Oh, yeah. Good. Looking forward to seeing how the old thing holds up. Well, thank you for listening to this week's podcast. Thanks for coming. Just giving you the email address if you have any thoughts or suggestions for future weeks. And we'll see you next week for 500 Days of Summer. See you there. Bye. Bye.